And now, a message from Pastor Josh Carmody. All right, so this morning we're continuing on, like I said, in Philippians chapter 3. We've been working our way through Philippians this summer. We started out in chapter 1, and here we are in chapter 3, and our topic is Invincible Joy. And this morning I wanted to show a video that I think the kids will like and us adults will like as well about Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. So let's check this out on the screens this morning. from Mississippi, then you're called a Mississippian. And if you live in Philippi, they call you a Philippian. It's also a letter written by Paul, and we are going to read it all. Thankfully, it's pretty small, so come along with me and read Philippians. Good evening, friends. This is Emily Elephant. And Sam the Turtle. With the Nightly News. That's the news. Nightly. What's the news, Sam? An amazing gift. The gift of salvation. We can be friends with God. We can be his children and live with him forever. That is amazing, Sam. What's up next, Mr. Phil? Uh, Read verses 12 through 16. Okay, 12 through 16. I do not mean that I am already as God wants me to be. Ha! Got your answer, Carlo! And there is my answer! Wait, there's more. I have not yet reached that goal, but I continue trying to reach it and to make it mine. Christ wants me to do that. That is the reason Christ made me his. Brothers, I know that I have not yet reached that goal, but there is one thing I always do. I forget the things that are past. I try as hard as I can to reach the goal that is before me. I keep trying to reach the goal and get the prize. That prize is mine because God called me through Christ to the life above. All of us who have grown spiritually to be mature should think this way too. And if there are things you do not agree with, God will make them clear to you. But we should continue following the truth we already have. Little confused here. What goal? What prize? Is there some sort of a trophy? A small cash award? A participation medal, perhaps? It's not that kind of prize. Is it, Mr. Phil? Uh, No, it isn't. It's much better. First of all, what is the goal Paul is trying to reach? Uh, Let's read verse 12 again. I do not mean that I am already as God wants me to be. I have not yet reached that goal. His goal is to be what God wants him to be. But what does God want him to be? Really good at following rules? Excellent at ping-pong? Tall and handsome? No, wait. God wants us to be like Jesus. To see like Jesus. Think like Jesus. Love like Jesus. Good work, Emily. The word Christian means Christ one, or little Christ. God helps us grow to be like Jesus. That's our goal. And our prize? A new car! I saw that on the TV. Even better. New life. Eternal life. Forever life with God. That's the prize that Paul is so excited about. Even better than a new car! Way better than a new car. Well, that's enough to fill you with joy. We can be friends with God. Not by trying to follow all the rules. 
just by trusting in Jesus. And when we trust in Jesus, God will help us become more and more like Jesus every day. It's a great goal with a really great prize. See you next time. All right, so that's a great little uh, a video series. The church actually has a subscription to Right Now Media, and that's where I, I pulled that little clip. And so if you have kids, if you have, uh, even if you're an adult, I heard a lot of adults laughing at that, by the way. Um, you can listen to that. You can pull it up on your phone. You can pull it up on your computer. It's a free subscription if you want that. Uh, the bulletins actually have that on the back of the card. It says, I'd like a, a subscription to Right Now Media. And you give us your email address, and we'd be happy to send you uh, link and there that's just the stuff for kids there's all kinds of studies for adults as well and uh, so you're more than welcome to check that out if you'd like so in this in this video uh, Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 through 16 we've been talking these last few weeks about invincible joy and Pastor Mike talked last week about how uh, Paul had trusted in his good works but realized that that was a dead-end street that there is nothing that we can do that makes us great or that can save us we need to trust in Jesus Christ for our salvation. And uh, that was kind of the point of last week, that we can be good at following rules, but here's the thing, following rules doesn't make, a, make God love us more. And so Paul realizes that he doesn't need a set of rules, but that he needs to trust in Jesus Christ, that he needs to have a faith in him. And he shares in these scriptures with the Philippians, he shares with them about passionately pursuing a goal. And so I want to read that this morning. Um, the version they were reading was the International Children's Bible. I don't know if you knew that existed or not, but I want to read it this morning as, out of the message. I like how it's worded in here. The words will be on the screen. Paul says this, I'm not saying that I have all this together, that I have it made, but I'm well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm often running and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything that God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that you're on the right track, let's stay on it. Amen. And so we see in these scriptures, Paul, we talked last sermon series, chapter two, how Paul was a humble guy, and he says it right here, I don't know everything. He says, I don't know everything. I think sometimes as Christians, we feel pressure that we need to know everything, that we need to have an answer for everything. But he says that I don't have it all together. I don't have it made. I don't know everything. And think about what Paul is saying. He'd walked with God for several years. He knew God so well that he wrote so much of our scripture He's overwhelmed theologians for years. He's caused people to scratch their heads and be like, I can't imagine all that Paul is talking about. He's so smart. He's so intellectual. He's stared death in the face. He almost died many, many, many times. I mean, here's Paul, and he's saying, and I still don't know everything. Here's Paul who's done all these wonderful things, and he's like, I still don't know everything. Yet, what does he want? He wants to know Jesus better. If Paul, who's been through all these things, wrote all these great letters, gave us most of our New Testament, stared death in the face, did all these wonderful, planted churches, ministered to leaders, did all of these things, and he says, I still haven't attained all that God has for me. If he says that, then how much more so can we say that? 
that we don't know everything. There's so much more that God wants to do in and through our lives. Amen. We should get to a place in our lives where we realize that we just don't know everything. Maybe the things we think we know aren't even that accurate. Sometimes we read scriptures like, oh, I already know that. I'm just going to skip over like this, these like four books. I already know everything in there. I already know, I mean, right? I mean, I, I've read that. Yeah, I know what that means. I know what that means. I mean, have you ever done that? You ever like, oh, pfft, I know exactly what that means. Really? You do? I mean, you know exactly. Or do you read the Bible with new eyes and say, God, I know I've read these scriptures before, but I know there's something new that you want to do in me, and so I pray that these scriptures would have a new meaning and would jump out at me in a different way. Because otherwise, if we read this thing like we know it, what are we going to learn? Not a whole lot. We're not going to learn a whole lot. So read God's word with a fresh perspective and an open mind. Paul says that I'm reaching out to Christ who has so wondrously reached out to me. You know, Paul, he was, he was Saul and he was persecuting the Christians and uh, doing all these things that he thought was a good work. And he was persecuting Christians and killing Christians and stopping the name of Jesus going all throughout the world. And one day on the road to Damascus, a, sh- a bright light shone in Paul's, or Saul's eyes and he was blinded. And a voice came from heaven. He's like, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he's like, who are you, Lord? Right? He's like, what are you doing? Why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting these Christians? And from that moment on, Saul's name was changed to Paul. And his life was completely and totally transformed. And he was somebody that was made new. He was someone that Christ had reached out to. And so the Lord saved Paul, and he began to do what Jesus wanted him to do. And now Paul's saying, Jesus so wondrously reached out to me. I was going to be dead in my sins. I was doing all the wrong things. And then Jesus Christ got a hold of my life. You know, we have a bunch of kids with us in here this morning, and they need Jesus Christ just as much as you and I need Jesus Christ. And we think back to the time when Jesus Christ reached out to us, and we have the opportunity to love and encourage the kids around us to reach back to Jesus Christ. Because here's the thing, he's reaching out to them, amen? He's reaching out to all of us because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so Paul had been reached out to, and now he is reaching out to Jesus. He is running to Jesus. How about you? Has Jesus reached out to you? Has Jesus reached out to you with love and compassion and kindness? Has Jesus, is Jesus all that you need? Has he totally given you everything that you need for this life? Amen. And what is our response to reach for him? You know, when my kids were younger, I would walk through the door of our house. I mean, they're probably, I was just thinking of this the other day because I would walk in and they're young, they're two, three years old, and I'll run in there, daddy, 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 right? And arms open wide, and they run and just squeeze. And now they're seven and nine, and I walk in the door, and it's, hey, Dad. <laughs> it's like, where's the running and the screaming and the daddy and the daddy and the, the bear hugs? Where'd it go, right? But it's just, hey, Dad, what's up? You know, or I can't find them. They're like, oh, Dad's home. Yeah, whatever, cool. What are we eating? You know, it's time to eat yet. I mean, it's like, what am I, chap liver? And I think part of it, they know, 
you know, that, hey, dad's going to come back. Comes back every day, you know. So it's like, whatever, hey, dad, how you doing? What's up? And some days, there's some days they surprise me and they run in. They're like, oh, hey, dad, and give me a big old hug, right? But, but those things change over time. But I think sometimes that can happen in our relationship with Jesus. Jesus Christ has reached out to us, and then he wants to spend some time with us, and we're like, hey, dude, hey, Jesus. Instead of Jesus, arms open wide and big bear hug and excited, it's like, hey, how's it going? Right? I mean, the same thing can happen. The Bible says that familiarity breeds contempt, and sometimes that can happen, that it's like, ah, we know he's there for us. We know he loves us. We know he cares for us. Hey, man. Hi. Thanks for being there. Now, I know my kids love me, right? Austin's looking at me, and Maddie's just coloring. She's like. And, and we love Jesus, but sometimes I think we, we know that he's there for us. We know that he loves us. We know that he cares. And it just becomes this thing where it's like, hey, what's up? Thanks for wondrously reaching out to me. I appreciate all that you did, but, you know, I got other things going right now. So talk to you later. One supper, Right? And I think that happens sometimes. Our faith in the Bible is described as a childlike faith. Let's reach out to Christ in exuberance. Let's thank Him for all He has done for us and the love that He has shown for us. Let's never grow weary of the fact that He has so wondrously reached out for us. When we come into His presence and we sing praises to Him, are we coming in and be like, Hey man, hey Jesus, love you. Or are we coming in exuberant? Are we excited? Or we're like, man, I can't wait to wrap my arms around you and like jump up and down for joy. Oh, I don't jump. Okay, fine. But raise your voice and sing praises to the God who saved us. Amen. Paul says, I've got my eye on the goal. What's the goal? Jesus Christ is our goal in life. Like that video said, we want to think and act and love like Jesus. Who was Paul running to? What was he focused on? He was focused on Jesus. Amen? What was he running to? What was he focused on? He was focused on Jesus. What do we have our eyes on? What are we focused on? What are we running towards? Is it a career? Is it financial gain? Is it sobriety? Is it a new car? A fill in the blank. What is it? What is our prize? What are we running towards? What are we racing towards? What do we have our eyes on? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what do we speak about the most? What are we feeding the most? I know sometimes I can always tell what my son Austin is the most excited about. Because he talks about it nonstop. And it changes every other week. And it's like, hey, you remember that? Where'd those things go? I don't play those anymore. Right? Video games have stayed pretty constant, haven't they? I mean, you like video games. That's a thing. But some days I know he's played more video games because he's like, Dad, guess what happened? Guess what happened? I was the Detroit Lions, and I beat the Chicago Bears. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> Taught you well. Right? And, and so, the, but what is it? What do we have our eye on? Maybe it's just our family. Maybe it's our new family. Maybe it's retirement. I don't know what it is for you, but I know Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these things will be added. It's not seek these things, and then Jesus Christ will be added. It is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things. Well, what were they talking about in the scripture? What clothes should we put on? And what food should we eat? And how do we know that our needs are, needs are going to be taken care of? And how about this? And what about this? He says, don't worry about that. Seek first 
first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, I am running a race, and I have my eye on the goal, and that goal is Jesus Christ. It's not to make a name for Paul. It's not money. It's not finances. It's not having this new thing or this better this or to, to, to prosper. It is, in fact, Jesus and his righteousness. And then all of those things will come into place. Our goal, first and foremost, should be Jesus and his plan for our lives. Amen? All right. Then he says, I am off and running and not turning back. Has anybody ever tried to look backwards while running forwards? Has anybody ever watched, you ever watch the Olympics, you watch the cyclists, you watch the marathon runners, you watch anybody that are going very fast in a certain direction? Are any of them looking behind them? Why not? Because it's a bad idea, right? You look backwards and you're just going to fall down. So what do we do? It takes effort and concentration. Paul uses this, this idea of a runner What must the runner do to succeed? He must focus his concentration completely on the goal line, driving towards it with everything his body has to offer and straining every muscle. I've run a marathon before, and that is exactly what it felt like. It's like, wow, mile 17 is all? I still have nine more of these? Every muscle will now strain. I see the finish line, but it's far ahead, right? And there's a huge hill coming up in like four miles. So excited, right? And you keep it in the front of your mind. There's the goal. There's concentration. There is focus. So this morning, I want to have a little race of our own. Would that be all right? All right. I'm going to need a couple brave volunteers. A couple brave volunteers. Wow. One. You see eggs? All right, Austin. Come on up. I need another volunteer. Really? Volunteer? Ty? Come on up. I don't know if he volunteered or not, but he had a smile on his face. So, <laughs> All right, come on down here. So you guys are going to race. These are real. <laughs> but they're hard-boiled. All right, so here's what's going to happen. Uh, you guys are going to do an egg race, okay? And so you're not going to just carry the eggs like this because what would be the point of that and the fun of that? You're going to have concentration and focus. And so what you're actually going to be doing is putting these eggs... In your mouth. Right there. And then, I wouldn't run. Ooh. We're going to walk. So, this race isn't about speed. This race is about concentration and holding the spoon in your mouth. All right? And not dropping the egg. Now, here's what happens. You guys are going to go down and back. If you drop your egg, you have to start over. So, it's not about speed. It's about concentration and determination. I know you guys can do it. Now, find the grip that's best for you in your mouth. I would recommend like a little diagonal guy. There you go. See that? See how that felt? See how sturdy that feels? Now, if you go too fast, it starts bopping like this. See that? <laughs> don't laugh. Don't, don't laugh. Oh, I did it. I broke it. <laughs> All right. They're hard-boiled. It's okay. Sorry I broke your egg. Now the balance is just going to be completely off. All right. You guys ready? Down and back, you drop the egg like I just did, and you have to start over. All right, your mark, get set, go! I scared him into going slow. Give it up for these guys. Yeah. All right, that's far. Yep. Nice. Oh! You got it. Oh. No, you got to start over. All right, Ty got it. Good job. Good job.
No egg fight, but thanks for asking. All right. All right, so um, very good. You see how Austin was in the lead, and then Ty was coming up, and so Austin decided, hey, I'm going to go a little faster, right? And then what happened? Drop the egg. I told you it was going to start bouncing on you, right? So concentration and determination. And, and the idea is that Paul was talking about a runner that we need to stay focused, right? And that race wasn't about speed, and this Christian walk is not about speed. It's about focus and determination and keeping our eyes on the prize, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Amen? Our goal is to know Christ better, and we daily put forth effort to reach that goal. It's not a sprint. It's an everyday. It's a consistent thing. If there's anything that we know about our relationship with Jesus Christ is that he is always there for us. He is always consistent. And so for our lives to get the most out of our faith and to continue to move forward to what Christ has for us, there needs to be some consistency. There needs to be some prayer and some Bible reading and study, some fasting and meditating, a consistent consistent thing where we just continually walk towards Jesus Christ. We are focused on him. We don't allow ourselves to go to the left or go to the right, but we move to Jesus Christ. We make him our priority and we give ourselves to a run after him with our whole being. Paul says, let's stay focused on Christ. What does that mean? It's a total commitment to Jesus Christ. Here's the thing. In a race, there's only one winner. We all know that, right? There's only one winner. But here's the cool thing about our Christian walk is that we can all win. That we can all get the prize that is set before us. That Jesus Christ is available to all of us. That's good news. You guys are looking at me like, whatever, man, I've heard this before. Okay, new perspective. Are you racing towards that? Is your life in total commitment to Jesus Christ? Are you living it out on a daily basis? Or you say, well, I went to church on Sunday. I think I'm good, bro. Every single day, moving closer to Jesus Christ. Taking our weekly study guide. Maybe you don't have a devotional time. Take the weekly study guide and do a little bit of it every day. There's some extra questions in there this week. There's some extra thoughts. There's some extra stuff in there. Take one question a day, and then when those are done, repeat it. Make a habit of studying God's Word. Make a habit of, of, of praying. Make it a habit to meditate and to just stop for like five minutes. And I know kids scream, and I know that there's always chaos in our lives, whether you have kids or not. But take five minutes and drink a cup of coffee or some tea and relax and meditate on the goodness of God and what He's doing in your life. Paul urges us to join him in running towards Jesus. I like the end part, the end verse. It says, if any of you have something else in your mind, if any of you have something else in your mind, something less than total commitment. So if you have some other idea of how this Christian walk and how this race works out other than total commitment to Jesus Christ, says this, God will clear your blurred vision. God will clear your blurred vision. If you've been chasing and running after a different goal that is not 100% commitment to Jesus Christ, this scripture says that God will clear your blurred vision. You say, my vision isn't blurred if it's on anything other than running after Jesus Christ. It is a blurred vision. 
So maybe today you have blurred vision. Maybe today you've lost sight of the goal and the prize. And that is Jesus and total commitment to Him is what we can all run toward. For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 Fifth Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa, 50501. Or you can call us at 515-955-6222.